Job chapter 4. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered, If someone ventures to talk with you, will you be grieved? But who can withhold himself from speaking? Behold, you have instructed many. You have strengthened, strengthened the weak hands. Your words have supported him who was falling. You have made the feeble knees firm. But now it has come to you, and you faint. It touches you, and you are troubled. Isn't your piety your confidence? Isn't the integrity of your ways your hope? Remember now, whoever perished being innocent, or where were the upright cut off? According to what I have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. By the breath of God they perish. By the blast of his anger they are consumed. The roaring of the lion and the voice of the fierce lion, the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perishes for lack of prey. The cubs of the lioness are scattered abroad. Now a thing was secretly brought to me. My ear received a whisper of it. In thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, fear came on me and trembling, which made all my bones shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still, but I couldn't discern its appearance. A form was before my eyes. Silence. Then I heard a voice saying, Shall mortal man be more than just ju shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Behold, he put, behold, he puts no trust in his servants. He charges his angels with error. How much more those who dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed before the moth. Between morning and evening they are destroyed. They perish forever without any regarding of it. Isn't their tent cord plucked up within them? They die, and that is without wisdom. These are the comments for Job chapter 4. So in Job chapter 3, you know, there had been seven days of silence, and finally Job speaks, and he says, more or less, I wish I was never born. <laughs> and then this is the second speech. There are 19 speeches in the book. We're in the first round of six speeches. There's a six, a six, a six, and then God has the last word. And um, so this is now the second speech out of 19 and the second speech of the first round of six. And so Job's said, I wish I was never born. And now his first friend, so-called friend, is going to reply to him and state his opinion about what's going on. Now, they're supposedly here to comfort. And you can tell from the speech that he tries to comfort in the beginning. And because uh, he says things like, you know, you've given such great advice to other people. So you should know what to do. <laughs> so he's kind of encouraging him, but then he stops encouraging him and he starts basically saying, you know, there's never been an example of any, anyone who's done the right thing suffering. And so he's speaking from his own experiences. In his own experience, he had never seen an example of anyone suffering for doing the right thing or anyone being rewarded for doing the wrong thing. And in verse 7 of this chapter, you know, Eliphaz says, Consider who being innocent has ever perished and have the upright ever been destroyed? So he's asking that question. 
Basically, he's saying, you must have done something wrong because bad things don't happen to good people. That's what he's saying. And in verse eight, he says, as I have observed, those who plow evil and those who sow trouble will reap it. And that very interestingly is almost exactly the same as Proverbs chapter 2, 22, verse eight, which you can go and look up. So some people have said that, um, you know, because they know the whole story of Job and there's all these speeches and at the end of the book, God rebukes these three friends for saying things that weren't true. And, um, but it doesn't mean that some of the things they say aren't true or true in principle. And so what we've got here is an example um, where he says, as I have observed, those who plow evil and those who sow trouble reap it. Now that's true. It's true in two ways. Number one, it's true that he, that's what he had observed. He's speaking from his own experience. Now, as we go through the book of Job, these three friends represent three different things. So the first friend, um, Eliphaz the Temanite, he represents the idea of experience. Now, the world is a certain way. This is what I have seen and what I have observed. And, you know, good, bad things don't happen to good people. That's the way I observe it. So all his things tend to be coming from experience. The second of his friends, it tends to be coming from tradition. You know, this is the way things have always been done. That's Bildad the Shuite. And the third of his friends is religion or duty. You know, this is what you should be doing. <laughs> so these, and they're very similar, experience, tradition, and religion. These three things are very similar. And all the speeches of all these friends are going to be very similar. And they're going to come along this similar theme of bad things just don't happen to good people. So uh, you must be bad. And so that's why it's not comforting to him at all. Not only does he lose everything, he loses the support of his wife, and now we're finding out that he's going to lose the support of all his friends as well. So, not very good. But having said that, is the thing that this guy says true, and are the things that are going to be said uh, true? Well, some of them are true in principle. For example, right here in verse eight, he, it's more or less exactly the same as Proverbs 22, verse 8. Now, you and I and most Christians, we consider the book of Proverbs to be true. We don't take anything in the book of Proverbs and say, oh, that's not true. That's not the word of God. But Proverbs are generally true in principle. So, for example, there are Proverbs that say things like, uh, you know, uh, a wise son makes a, a father happy, but a foolish son grieves his mother. Well, that doesn't mean that there's never ever a son, a wise son that hasn't at some point made his father unhappy. It doesn't mean that there's never a foolish son that at some point hasn't made his mum happy. It, it's true in principle. That's, it's basically saying that's how the world works, but it's not saying that there aren't exceptions to it. And what, so what we've got here in Job is we've got wisdom literature from ancient times. The things that are being said are Oh, the wisdom of the time, and in many, many cases, it's true. In many, many cases, it is true that bad things don't happen to good people, but they do sometimes. Sometimes there are exceptions, and as we already know, because we've got the narrator's point of view, we know that Job's been accused. We know that he, that he's done, he hasn't done anything wrong, but bad things are happening to a good person. So we know that there is an exception. Job doesn't know that, though, and his friends don't know that, though, but there's, what they're speaking is something that's, it's, it's wisdom. It is true 
that to do the right thing because good things happen to good people. That's true in principle. But it's true completely in one other way. It's true completely in light of eternity. In light of eternity, that if you follow the Lord and put your heart in him, it will bring blessing to you. And that's 100% true. So as we go through the speeches of all these, these three friends, we're going to find that there are things in here which fit the category of wisdom literature, just like the book of Proverbs. So they're, they're true in principle. Uh, we're going to find things that are true completely from an eternal perspective. And we're going to find some things where these friends were just wrong. So that's why with wisdom books like this book, the book of Ecclesiastes, parts of the Psalms, um, you don't just lift out one phrase and make that like a guide to rule your entire life without understanding the context and the entire book. <laughs> so with wisdom literature, you need to be much more thoughtful and you need to be much more wise. But it's definitely, these things are definitely very helpful to contemplate and worth reading. Otherwise, the Lord would not have put them in the Bible for us. So we can take a lesson here that the Lord does punish sin and the Lord does reward righteousness. But we also take a lesson and we realize that we can't be righteous on our own. We need the Lord. So Father, we come before you halfway through this first speech of Eliphaz. We know, Lord, that we don't deserve your righteousness. We don't de deserve your rewards because we all are sinners. But Lord, I thank you for the righteousness of Christ. We place ourselves in Christ today. And I pray that as we continue through the book of Job now, that you open up our minds and hearts to all that it contains. In Jesus' name, amen.